0: Showtime, folks. And that's the bottom line. Go, 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 go. And but the run is cooking! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ring Scoops Retro, right here on Ringscoops.com. I am your host, the webmaster, Wade Needham. And yes, it has been quite a few months. Since I have done a Ring Scoops Retro podcast. And here I am I'm doing one. Because recently I watched uh, WrestleMania 12. And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. Uh, I can't even remember how I did the first episode of Ring Scoops Retro. I think I only did one episode. I watched, I think it was Unforgiven 98 with the Inferno match yeah so I can't even remember how I did the first one but that's all right I'm just gonna do this one extremely casual kind of just talk about about the card hear my thoughts on the pay-per-view talk a little bit about like where my mind frame was back in that time back in 96 1996 is like my all-time favorite year in the WWE you know call me crazy right call me crazy it's just it's an interesting time 1996 I mean we're a couple of months into the Monday Night War WCW has has gained some momentum. Vince McMahon has uh, started with the uh, the billionaire Ted skits right And we all know going into 96 it was really the head-to-head stuff. Once in a while, they trade off victories. I think I think at the beginning, Raw was kind of winning, uh, but WCW was really picking up steam and going into the summer of '96. It's well documented, you know, the Nitro and WCW really started winning the ratings, and they they picked up the the ratings for eighty three weeks. And by the end of '96, the landscape in wrestling has definitely changed from the beginning of '90. But WrestleMania twelve is the topic here. Uh, let me run down the card and the results and give my thoughts on this. Uh, this took place, uh, in Anaheim, California, March 31st, 1996, the free for all to crown new world wrestling federation tag team champions because the titles have been vacated. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the smoking guns had the belts, uh, earlier that year and the rumble they took on the body donnas something happened i think with billy they had to give the titles up if i'm not mistaken and they ran a tournament and that tournament was a nice vehicle to get some stuff for wrestlemania started of course that included the finals at the free-for-all and also later on this night we had a match between stone cold and savio vega they had their little feud kind of spark up during that tournament as well. So, the tournament served for a lot of really good things. It wasn't just to do a tournament. But it served its purpose on many, on many fronts. But the free-for-all match uh, for the vacant tag team titles, it was the Body Donnas defeating the Godwins thanks to Sonny distracting Phineas. And, ah, man, I, Jesus. 12-year-old kid, okay? Mind frame, 12-year-old kid. I know society's definitely changed now in 2020. You say this kind of stuff, you get in trouble, I don't give a shit. But I was 12 years old in 1996. And Sonny jumps up on the apron. Sonny pulls her, her cheerleader skirt up, shows her ass to Phineas. Oh, boy, was I a jealous little kid. But that was some good stuff. You know, those funny little moments like that, you know, when you're 12 or 13 years old, you know, it's like the first episode of shotgun Saturday night when Marlena jumped up on the apron and she pulled her top down. It's like, man, as a kid, you just wanted to see that kind of stuff. I couldn't wait for raw magazine to come out because I knew they were going to show it. Of course they did. And it just wasn't what I thought, but that was the beauty of it. Right. 12, 13 years old. I'm, I'm the epitome of the wrestling mark. I'm I'm their mark. And they knew exactly what to do to get me excited for this stuff and they it worked. But yeah. It was a free for all match. Uh it wasn't bad. Uh it was a pretty decent match. It was entertaining, it's good stuff. Good great great finish. Cause it continued the whole thing with the Body Donna's and the God went and the Godwins, which I thought, you know, they had a pretty decent feud that year. And of course, you know, Sonny, right? Playing Hot Potato as the manager of the tag team champions. Technically, she was never not the manager of the tag team champions between WrestleMania and, uh, oh man, when was it? Uh, September, I believe, the September pay per view mind games, if I'm not mistaken. That was when Bulldog and Owen, with their new manager at the time, which was, uh, I think, that just that one night only, right? Clarence Mason kind of managed them. Jim Cornette was worried about something else. It was something along those lines. And Owen and the Bulldog, they won the, uh, the tag team titles, and they held on to them for, for quite, a, quite a long time. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah Sonny, you know, good stuff. Uh, opening match of the pay-per-view was a uh, six-man tag team match. It was uh, Yokozuna leading his team with Jake Snake Roberts and Ahmed Johnson taking on Big Bad Vader, the King of Hearts' Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog. And I thought that was a very solid opening match. Uh, very entertaining. All four guys got their stuff in. It was it was great stuff. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler in commentary was superb during this. He was talking about Jim Cornette training the blimpies, you know, and what Yokozuna would do if he got his his time with Jim Cornette, if he won, because that was the stipulation of the match, if, if if Yoko's team won, I think he got like five minutes alone with Jim Cornette in the ring after the match. So that was like a nice little play on there. Uh, ultimately, it was the team of the Bulldog, Owen and Vader getting the victory, but it was a really good, solid opening match. If you... I mean, in 2020, who hasn't seen WrestleMania 12? But if you haven't seen it, definitely watch that match. Really good, really good match. After that, we saw the start of what was the Hollywood backlot brawl between Rowdy Roddy Piper and the bizarre one, Gold Dust. Man, that was uh, was interesting. I like that. Piper's in the back, right? He's got his... uh well, there's a baseball bat and he's waiting for gold dust to show up. Gold dust shows up in the, in the, the gold Cadillac, which the paint job on it was just horrendous. I mean, it was pure gold and you know, it wasn't all botchy or anything, but it looked like it had been spray painted pure gold. It just looked re- really weird. Awkward. It was, it was very dull. Gold it wasn't shiny or anything. And when I think gold, I think something shiny, but anyway, Goldust shows up, and he goes to try to run over Piper, and Piper takes a bat to the car. Goldust finally gets out of the car. They kind of brawl a little bit, you know. Uh, it's just funny. Uh, they got the whole thing with the uh, with the water. Uh, he, the, Piper had the uh, the the fire hose, the water hose, spraying the car, spraying Goldust. Finally, Goldust gets back in the car. Uh, he goes to take off. He runs Piper over. He gets out of there. The, the dumpster gets hit. It starts like bouncing around like a pinball machine, slides along. It was a perfect slide, too. As it turns and it slid and it like sideswiped the car, it just like knocked the uh, driver's side mirror off. It's just dangling there, like my buddy Chowder's car. And. Uh, Piper runs over to the white Bronco, gets into it, and they start the chase. It was very entertaining. It was good stuff. It was just, it was ahead of its time, in my opinion. It was uh, d- definitely a precursor to what we were going to start seeing in the next year, year and a half. Where the product was going to go, where the company was going to go, the direction that Vince was going to take his product in these trying times of the Monday Night War. So, it's very entertaining. The next match that we got is Stone Cold, Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. And this was like the the kickstart, pretty much, of their feud. They feuded for a couple months, ultimately leading to the match at uh, Beware of Dog, where if Austin lost, DiBiase was gone. And if Savio lost, he'd have to be the chauffeur for the Million Dollar Man. And that was a nice avenue for Million Dollar Man's departure. And then DiBiase left the company. Spoiler, <laughs> but Steve Austin picked up the victory here against Savio Vega. Uh, the match wasn't wasn't bad. I know during the match they did like the updates with you know Piper and Gold Dust and and all that stuff and kept people in the loop about all that. I think like the interesting thing about some of the stuff they did in 96 kind of like some of the stuff they did laid the foundation for what they were going to do later on in the year they were like testing the waters with different things right so like they did this hollywood backlot brawl which i believe was like pre-taped footage from earlier in that day then they did the the car chase where they showed the oj footage and it was all throughout the night until later on they come back which we'll get into that in a minute and to me it was like they tested the waters with this kind of stuff because later on in SummerSlam when they did the boiler room brawl where the fan they it was a match where the fans and the attendants didn't actually get to like see it in person. Just like with this Hollywood backlot brawl. They only got to see the end of it. So you know, it was a little interesting. It was like almost a precursor for that too. But uh yeah. So in this match, Stone Cold uh beat Sabio Vega. Then we get to like the the joke of the night, right? The return of the ultimate warrior as Jerry Lawler said, he was like 600 pounds with a shaved head turned out not to be true. Never believe anything. Jerry, the King Lawler says at this time, uh, he's the biggest troll, the biggest, uh, chuckle head. Funny stuff. I, I love Jerry, the King Lawler. The commentary he provided in the nineties was fantastic. And then like later, like him and Vince always had really good stuff. You know, any anybody that worked with Jerry Lawler, but obviously Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross worked best together. It was fantastic. Uh, This was the squash match, though. The Ultimate Warrior returned, taking on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Triple H wasn't known as Triple H at the time. Technically, he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the Blue Blood. But the Warrior came in and no-sold the pedigree and beat Triple H. It's funny because Triple H is such a bigger star than what Warrior ever was. Um, and I, I don't say that to like disrespect the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, it's just a fact, I, in my opinion. I, Triple H, I think, made more money over time than uh, Warrior ever did. I think he might have sold some more tickets. His popularity, I think, was a little little more up there. Um It's just kind of funny to think back in retrospect to see this match and how Warrior just annihilated Triple H and to see where Triple H went in the next two years in the company. And how Warrior didn't even finish three months after this. It's just very interesting stuff, in my opinion. Now we got what I consider one of the most underrated matches in WrestleMania history, and that's The Undertaker versus Diesel. I love this match. I remember as a kid, I used to think, man, this is a long freaking match. And as I get older, I start watching it. Especially, like I said, a couple days ago, I watched this. And the match wasn't as long as I remember it being. It wasn't as boring as I remember it being at the time. I love the build-up to this match where The Undertaker. that all started at, at Royal Rumble. It was Undertaker versus Bret Hart. And Diesel came out. Diesel interfered. Undertaker stared Diesel down while Brett won the belt, and Diesel was in the aisleway. And Diesel flipped him off, and then Diesel became number one contender. Steel cage match in February at Inner House. It was Brett and Diesel cage match. Undertaker he popped his hand up from underneath the ring, and pulled Diesel down. Then you had the the matchup between these two guys. And they just beat the crap out of each other, and it worked its way all the way up to Diesel. Finally hitting the jackknife, right? He thought it was it. He jackknifed the Undertaker. He goes down for the pin, and Undertaker chokes him. He beats him up a little bit. He goes for the pin, Undertaker chokes him again. I think he hit, like, another jackknife. There's, like, two jackknifes, right? Undertaker wasn't going down. How the hell is Diesel gonna beat the Undertaker? It was it was really good, and the visual of the Undertaker ultimately picking up Diesel for for the Tombstone pile driver, right? He's picking him up and he wow, drives him down, and the Undertaker pins him, and they got the Wiley e. Coyote cam, and Diesel's in the center of the ring, but his feet are almost hitting the turnbuckle in the corner. It was just amazing. It's good stuff, man. Really good stuff. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. After that match, we saw the finish to the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Where Rowdy Roddy Piper just kicked the ever-living shit out of Goldust out in the ring. He tore his gear off. Goldust was wearing some, uh, some negligee. Some lingerie. Whatever you want to call it. same shirt. So Piper kicked him. Kicked his ass. Piper wins. He wins the Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Let's give him a a victory on that. And now we got the main event. A match. (laughs) At the time. Especially when the VHS came out. That I made my buddy Tin Man watch this match so many times. he, He brings it up every once in a while. We start talking about stuff. And he's just always like... I remember he used to always force me to sit down and watch the Iron Man match. we would we would study it, man, or at least I would. I studied the crap out of this match at that time and growing up because I knew that I wanted to go to wrestling school. I wanted to be a wrestler. This was the match for me right here. I would study this match because I wanted to go to wrestling school and I wanted to go in there and I wanted to learn how to perform. Like Shawn Michaels and Brett the Hitman Hart at WrestleMania twelve. Growing up, of course, we all have the dreams, the outrageous, you know things, right? A lot of kids are like, Oh, I wanna be an astronaut. I mean there's nothing wrong with that. I guess I shouldn't say it's outrageous. I mean, if you wanna do it, you can do it. You got the love for it. You know, I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be involved in a wrestling business. And I wanted it so much more once I saw this Iron Man match. Like I said, I studied it, man. These guys put on a hell of a match. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. And it's funny like the other day I was talking to Bunny Back and he was talking about the excitement that he had for this match too. And it was funny because like at the in his words he said, well, you know, at the time I didn't you know realize you know, like years before this, you know, Rick Flair was doing these Iron Man matches, like, every night. But, you know, like, I know, like, for me growing up, I didn't really watch NWA. I didn't watch, you know, WCW. Like, I knew, like, whenever my uncle would be over and he'd be watching, like, WCW, like, on Saturday night. Like, I knew of WCW, but I didn't watch it growing up and i would see it on tv and i got i see like all these different people on it i just always like thought that's that's the redneck wrestling company it was just very southern and so like i just didn't i didn't relate to it i didn't care about it growing up i was a wwf guy i grew up with the wwf growing up i didn't see dusty roads like everybody knows dusty roads right it wasn't until much later that i was like wow dusty had a career before polka dots you know what i mean and it wasn't that i was an idiot or anything like that i was just young i didn't know any better it was the stuff that i watched the stuff that was that was available to me here in california you know with the cable providers that i had and whatnot wwf so, you know, it's funny because I, I, it's funny too because I remember one time, and I'm going away from WrestleMania here again, but I was at Stater Brothers one time, Stater Brothers supermarket out here in California, big chain, this is a California chain. And I remember, because uh, I used to go with my mom grocery shopping as a kid, and like we'd go in the store, and she'd go shopping, I'd run right to the magazine stands, and I would check out all the wrestling mags, and every once in a while, I'd get, my mom would let me, you know, get one or two, right? But for the most part, I'd, I'd go just read the magazines and then go home. But I remember vividly, hey, I don't remember why I remember this, but I was there, I was reading some of the magazines, and this was like around the time that uh, Steve Austin was really getting red hot in the company, right? This is like, oh, geez, but mid to late '96. You know, he started calling out Brett. And I just remember, shit, this might have been early 97, maybe. I just remember, like, these two kids at the newsstand, they were reading some magazines and they were laughing. And I remember vividly one of the kids said, hey, remember when Steve Austin had hair? And his, I guess his little brother or his friend was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I remember the Hollywood blondes. And in my ignorance at the time... I kind of chuckled, and I was just like, "Snow Cold never had hair. The fuck are they talking about Hollywood blondes? And of course, it was later on, right? Like, yeah, I got an education in professional wrestling and realized, ah, oh, fuck, they were right. I wish I would have got that growing up. I wish, I wish that I would have realized, hey, maybe this is something to watch. But I didn't do it. I just didn't do it and that's on me it is that's on me that's my youth my my ignorance and youth but I know about it now and especially thanks to the WWE Network I can definitely go check out a lot of that you know older stuff anyway going back well, I don't even know where I was going with it. Iron Man match Sean and Brett Sean wins in overtime you know uh, it was just it was good stuff man I studied this match. I wanted to. I wanted to recreate this match, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is where I'm going to stop the podcast. And i I am personally am enjoying this. I, I want to listen back to the first retro podcast I did back, and I think it was like July. I want to listen back to that, how I did that one, and then listen to this one and compare it. But I think I like this better. It's a more casual, more intimate setting. Just to kind of just reminisce about that. Talk a little bit about that year. Talk about the event. Talk about my mind frame at that time as well. And thinking back in retrospect about things. Just tie a lot of things in. I like this. You know, I, I feel like you, who's listening to this right now, me and you, we've got a connection here. We just had a great conversation. I shared some great stories with you guys. I feel like we're, we're we're better friends now, me and you. Me and you. So, thank you for listening to this episode of the Retro Podcast here on Ringscoops.com, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to check out Ringscoops on social media, facebook.com slash Ringscoops, twitter, instagram, at Ringscoops, twitch.tv slash guy, And uh, also... ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ring Scoops to get all your Ring Scoops merchandise. We got that Ring Scoops guy t shirt. We got the the, the Pornhub uh, shirt. We got the Burger King shirt. The Parts Unknown University shirt. We got all kinds of good stuff right there. So, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, I'm the webmaster Wade and I'm saying thank you. Good night. And be cool.